Welcome to Blue Car Love, the Starflyer 59 retrospective. My name is Samuel. Does it matter what my age is, Lord? Am I dust swept up from the floor? <laughs> my name is Aaron. That was going to be my lyric, but I'll just follow up with, I had a song for the ages, forgotten in the pages. <laughs> wow, you stole my lyric. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> So welcome, guys. I guess you know from that and probably the title of this episode, we're going to be reviewing The Changing of the Guard. Yeah, this is the 2010 Starflyer 59 album um, with Jason Martin on guitar, vocals, whatever else heck he plays. Uh, Stephen Dale on bass and David Brotherton on drums. Is this David Brotherton's only Starflyer appearance, I think? I don't think so. I think he did something. You might be right. I'm not sure. That's true. Might be true. Ryan Clark did the artwork, too. Oh, Ryan. Yeah. Well, Ryan Clark has been doing the artwork for a minute since old, I think. Yeah. And for the LP, the the vinyl edition, Jet, um, Scott Hatch from um, Burnt Toast Vinyl adapted it to the vinyl release. So just a little side note for that. <laughs> and this was released on August 10th, 2010, my sister's birthday. <laughs> and it clocks in at a whopping 32 minutes and 26 seconds. I think it might be the shortest album, uh, either that or Talking Voice versus Singing Voice. Oh, I was going to say Portuguese Blues. Oh, yeah, that one's pretty short, too. I don't know. Or maybe. I mean- I think there's something to be said here, and um, this is just me going on a random soapbox. Mm. There's something to be said for an album that can fit on a single vinyl. Like, A-side, B-side, that's cool. But I think albums that can fit on a single vinyl, 12-inch, there's just, like, it gives you more of a an experience where I can digest this in one sitting and enjoy it and then come back to it and not feel like, you know, where other albums that require, you know, three vinyls, because they're two hours or so, tend to, like, wear you out. And while I often I will come back to those albums and enjoy them, there's something to be said for just the very concise running time. Or what we do with modern records, um, the vinyls that have a resurgence and boom, you'll a lot of albums like this that are one, they'll make it to two or three because there's like two, two or three songs per side, and that's really annoying. We gotta stop doing that. <laughs> I hate yeah. that so much. <laughs> so anyway, Sam, I guess I, I, I guess go, you go ahead and share your history with this album. Um, I have none. We're, we're we've talked about the past few albums. I'm directly in that era where I just don't have any connection to any of this. Um, this was kind of a brand new experience for me. So, yeah, I'm just, I I went into this blind and, um, well, not blind. I knew of its reputation. Um, this album has a reputation in the Starflyer 59 community. It's, it's either love it or hate it. Seems to be the reputation. No the reputation. You don't get any between. It's love it or hate it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. All right, well, I have a very tort history with this album. So <laughs> it came out um, 2010, I, like I mentioned, and I got the CD um, and proceeded to hate it. I didn't like it. I, I, and I remember thinking, this is the first album. I don't like one song on this album. And so just like with Prince at some point in his career, um, I was like, he's gone too far I can't do this anymore, and I walked away. So I walked away from Starfire 59. This album, I listened to it a couple times. I was like, oh, surely, you know, just like because I experienced with Kid A with Radiohead, and I, when that came out, I hated that, too. It was almost done Radiohead, then one day it clicked. So I listened to this album a couple times. wasn't clicking, so I was like, I guess my favorite childhood band's finally let me down. I'm done. So it wasn't until, so I missed the next album, which was Iron Man CEO, and then um, I remember going back on the Starflyer group on Facebook. They were talking about the, you know, Young in My Head. No, I think I even missed that. Like, yeah, Young in My Head had already been released. And I was like, you know what? Let me, you know, give this a chance. And I mean, my dad, um, my stepdad, my dad, he died in um, 2012, so two years after this album was released. 
Um, so I think I ordered, I, yeah, I ordered IMCO, um, from David Bazan's Undertow, um, um, website. And while I was, um, waiting, I went back and revisited Change of the Guard and something clicked. I was like, oh my God, this album's amazing. I can't believe I slept on this. Every song's a banger. It's, I don't know if I want to say up front, but I'll, I'll just hold on how, how good this album is since to the end but yeah so I, I was on the side of fandom that i understand why people hate it i get it but if you just i don't know just give it that one more chance and just really sit down and listen to it i think it'll click for everybody because it is an amazing album one of jason's best for sure and so that's my history with this album <laughs> so here's where i think a lot of fans and we're going to talk about this song by song but i think a lot of fans fall on this the music it's not different. We were talking about this before we got on here. You can draw a direct line between Silver and this. All the albums in between, they make sense how we got to this point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with that said, this album sounds different. It's more chill. Yes. Um, it's, frankly, a Yacht Rock album, which, you know, I mean, that there was like... You said what? It's a Yacht Rock album. No, it is not. This is a Yacht Rock album. I'll get this to This is not a... Okay. All right. Go ahead. Um, this is the sound of the Beach Boys when they got older, kind of doing the more mellow, chill, poppy albums. But I think I would... that... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think that's why the fans hated it so much. It was just, it was just to them, it was like a betrayal, betrayal of like the, the Starfire they knew and loved. It was just too old, too different. And I think that's where the the friction and the fandom comes from. And and, and I think and I, I like the Beach Boy connection, and they're, uh, they'll, they'll be mentioned a few times um, as we go through the track by track. Oh but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so I, I get that, but I'll say different because Beach Boys fan because Beach Boys started off making chill pop songs, and then they got you know Smiley Smile, Heroes and Villains. They got kind of weird. They got out there, and that's and they lost a lot of fans there when they kind of changed it up. And I think although this is like what you're saying, um, this is the most weird Starfire album because it is more stripped down. And straightforward, even the lyrics, like the lyrics, you can actually understand, like there's very few cryptic lyrics, like you understand what Jason's talking about, that's weird, you know, so this is kind of in a weird way, like his weird Beach Boys album, because it's more stripped down, there's definitely no wall of sound, um, it's definitely, I call this an an island country western dance album, which I know sounds crazy, but it'll make sense when we get through it, and that is not Starfire's um, operandi for sure, obviously they have some elements of country twang and you know stuff but dance not using this thing <laughs> well let's just hop into it because I think you can find some dance elements definitely in Dial M but in Bon yeah. Voyage's last album there's definitely some dance there well yeah them, all of the, the Bon Voyage I was talking strictly Starfire there's a couple I drive a lot but I mean there's a lot on this album which we'll get to usually there's like one or two on an album but Pretty much almost all of it is on this album. So, all right, I guess, Sam, you want to kick us off with the first track? Fun is How fun. Stuff. You want me to jump? Okay. All right, now, before I start, I'm just going to say, you know, I'm writing these songs because that's what I do, but there's no bad song. Like, sometimes I'm going to gush over more than others, but I love all these songs. There's not a bad song in the bunch. So, first off, track number one, Fun is Fun, my fifth favorite song, Three and a Half Stars. Um, those bongos and that strumming intro is a very um, fitting and soothing way to introduce this album because that sound I don't remember hearing in the Starfire album. I mean, it kind of like introduces you. you. You've had that Western influence, but this is more of a ghosty, dusty um, version of that sound. And then when the drums kick in um, and, the, and the melody materializes, you know this song's about to be gold. Um, the music during the chorus is so much fun and so beautiful. I love the bridge is perfect um, as well. And at a minute 59, it allows the song to, it, like the song slows down so that it can breathe. 
it's a great start to this album, this perfect album, actually. And, you know, from the lyrics, you know, um, well, I think it's Stranger Faces on My Wall, How Things Have Changed, I'll Never See You Again. I mean, clearly, I think that's a reference to his dad re- um, passing, you know, years before. And this kind of sets the tone for this album um, about, you know, death, longing for things that are no longer there. And a lot of fun is fun, dumb is dumb. Just sounds like something I think that probably Jason's dad said to him, and that's probably what's in there. Um, because like I said, like a lot of these lyrics are straightforward, and that one's like, I'm like, what is this? That doesn't really make sense. What is this about? And maybe that's like a Martin family saying or something. What do you think, Sam? I can totally hear that as like a Martin family, like a, a um, Johnism, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so my first thought was it starts out with the jungle sounding drums. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I think what threw people off. The bongos is so mm-hmm. different our wire. Mm-hmm. But then we get some straightforward piano. I love to hear just the straight piano. I don't feel like we've gotten a whole lot of just piano since no. um leave here. Party. Oh yeah, that too, yeah. So I love just the straightforward piano on there. Um, it's beautiful. And the, the guitar gives me Yacht Rock vibes. Now, here's what I mean. We all know Jason has always done at least a song or two on each album falls into the surf rock category. Mm-hmm. Some, somehow, he always has a surf rock song on there. Yacht Rock is just the grown-up version of surf rock. It's, it, its term comes from, in the 70s, all these rockers, you know, like the Beach Boys, among others, were getting older, and they started just doing more straight. They still took their signature style, but just turned it into more of a straightforward, poppy, almost a little bit cheesy, some people considered it, sound. And I think that's what he does with the music here. This is also, Yacht Rock, like his name implies, is music you could hear being played from a yacht. And I just, I can see him sitting out on an island somewhere playing this song. Like, it just fits so well. Um, and once again, like you said, the lyrics seem to all be all about his dad, um, which is a perfect opening to this album. Because this whole entire album is, this honestly, this album, now that I think about it more and more. It's a concept like album. <laughs> it's a sister album to Leave Here a Stranger. Mm-hmm. Leave Here a Stranger was all about the death of Eugene Eugene. This is all about the death of his dad. And our own, and his own impending death. Well, I mean, he's always saying about that, but... Yeah. It's mostly because there's only, like, one or two about his dad. Most of it's about his impending death. <laughs> but I think it's one of those things where not every song in Leave Here a Stranger was about Gene Eugene. Likewise, when someone dies, especially someone like your dad, that's the time when your own mortality hits you. You're like, oh things I took for granted in this life that I thought would never, they're, they're just gone now. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, I, I know some people, they don't make it out of that with their sanity intact. Like, they, nope. their parents die and they just literally lose their mind because they can't cope with their own mortality at that point. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, it's, the lyrics on this first song are simple. But they work as a good building block for everything else to launch off on. So let's just hop right in to probably the most um, obtuse lyrics on the album, Shane. So um, I'll talk about the lyrics first. Is this song about God? Because, you know, um, there's the line, it makes me feel real small that he controls the winds. Seems to be talking about God. But then who is Shane? I'm really confused on this. It, once again, it's one of those Jason Martin loves to write about stuff that's just personal to him. That means nothing else to no one else. Yeah. And I'm missing some piece of the puzzle here. I got it for you, Sam, but go continue. I got the missing piece for you. All right. Good. Mm-hmm. Now, the music, we get some cowboy themes. We haven't heard him do, like, straight cowboy music since everybody makes mistakes. So I think it's fitting that these songs call back to earlier albums so much because it's a song about reflecting on your own. It's an album about reflecting on your own mortality. Mm-hmm. 
So I love that it kind of references the everybody makes mistakes, spaghetti western sounds. Um, I love the chill acoustic guitar that still sounds cinematic. Like um, only someone as talented as Martin can make a, a an acoustic guitar sound cinematic. Yeah. And then you got what is cool background textures that just fill up the space. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's not my favorite song on the album. It might be near the bottom, honestly, but it's still a good continuation of what's already happening. Nice. Yeah, and I'm with you, Sam. For me too. Overall, for me, three stars still doesn't mean I don't like it. It's just better songs. Gold's coming, people. Hold on. But yeah, so shame. Um, well, um, there's a Western, uh, surprise, surprise, <laughs> a Western movie. In, I'm sorry. First, it was a book, 1949 by Jack Schaefer. Um, and then in 1953, it was turned into a film. So I'm assuming Jason and his dad watched this growing up together. So that's who Shane was the, the, um, the main character in the story. And he was, you know, he's a hero who came to save the day. And yes, you're right about the controls the wind. It's a song about God, but you know, and, and through like a, a, a a country western hero who comes to save the day. God comes to save the day. That's what's going on here. So you're accurately right, even though you didn't know who Shane was. Um, but yeah, that def- makes- yeah, it's definitely an allegory for God, is what I think. Um, the vo- Jason's vocals, even, even though, and this is what's crazy about this album. Even though this is my ninth favorite song on this album, the, the breakdown on when he the music slows down, Jason almost like speaks the words on you know, that bridge. This is his best vocal performance in the album. It just sounds. Just gravelly perfection, like I don't know, it, it just gives me chills when I listen to it. Um, that snake cracker instrument, I can't never remember it for the rest of like Wayne Everett mentioned it, and I can't remember what it is, but that's it comes back at the beginning. I love it, and you're right, this is like the most I mean, this is the most western song Jason's done, which obviously, I mean, he's writing a song about a country western characters, so why not? Um, and you're right, um, there's so much music coloring that's going in the background. Um, it's just so amazing. Like, this is all these little sounds. It's like Richard Swift was doing magic, but uh, uh, obviously he wasn't with us at this time. Um, the hi-hat drumming is a nice touch during the verses. Um, those twangy guitars. <laughs> I wish more country artists would have guitars like that. Um, you can feel, like what you were saying about the cinematic guitars. You're right, because I can feel... Like the like if you because I you know I've lived out in Oklahoma and, and Texas out west and sometimes you know when you get that breeze and you feel the, it, the with the dust in the air and like I, it takes me back to that feeling where you can feel the wind and the dust hitting your skin and the sun's beating down uh, those that, that guitar tone it just takes me back to the you know it's American West in music form. Um, at two minutes and twenty three seconds, those keys that go along with Jason's amazing vocals. I mean, it's just such a ragged and fragile, beautiful moment. You know, I love it. I mean, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> all right, well, tell me about Time Machine. Well, <laughs> Time Machine is a time machine every time I hear it. Uh, it's This is my second favorite song on the album, Four and a Half Stars. Um, the intro to this song sounds like that. Sounds like a 1910 New York City Nickelodeon. You know what Nickelodeon was, Sam, back in the day? Dude, I love Nickelodeon. Well, okay, I like, I, there's a YouTube channel I watch, like the history of Nickelodeon, so. No, 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 the actual Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon was actually. Oh, oh yes, like the radio. Yeah. No, like no, no, the, no, no. No, it was, it was like the movie, first moving pictures. Like you could, you would pay a nickel kids to turn Nickelodeon and you would turn this crank and you could watch like this um movie with no sound, you know, obviously. Um and so but it had that weird sound to it. And that's what this, that opening sound reminds me of. It's so dusty and crunchy and old, yet new. And this is what I'm talking about. So this again starts off and has a country flair, but also has a dance beat. Like you can like and I do dance to this. I mean, this could be a club. Like if Ronnie did a remix of this <laughs> This could be a club banger right now, like in, in in any club that you went to, you know, and maybe it's out there. I'm just playing. Um, and I love how the verses and choruses um, complement and bleed into one another. Um, it sounds like Jason made a conscious effort to make a dance song, <laughs> and he nailed it. 
Um, I think um, it sounds like a theremin's in there. I'm not sure, but that theremin sound and there's just banging um, in the background. Um, and this is song 5059 by Jason about aging and dying. Um, but I feel you, Jason. I want a time machine too. I, I'd love to go back to sometimes too. And I mean, it's, and again, well, you said it before, these lyrics are straightforward and there's like not a lot of mystery to them. I mean, we've all wanted to go back and fix things. I wanted to look for a time machine, but yeah, love the song. I, I put it on repeat. I, this, out, okay. I listen to this album a lot, and a lot of times, this is like the one time that I mostly listen to it on on, on on CD or streaming, because sometimes I just want to hear one song over and over again. It's hard to do on vinyl, and this is one of the songs I listen to over and over again. What do you think, Sam? Um, this is my favorite song. Okay, I can't argue with that. Um, that intro, I wasn't thinking Nickelodeon. I was thinking an old-timey radio. Okay. Um... And then it starts the music. I'm telling you, I said this so many times, I cannot count on our reviews. This sounds like the intro to a sitcom. <laughs> like, Jason missed a career writing sitcom intros. Sure. He'd be a millionaire right now. And have his uh, own yacht to play his rock, yacht, my, yacht rock music on. <laughs> I know, like. Oh, man, you missed your calling. No, you uh, didn't. <laughs> I think that is a theremin, though, which fits perfectly into the kind of sci-fi idea of a time machine. Mm. You know, mm. so the the music is great on this. The textures on it, the, mm. it brings you right back to 70s sitcoms and, like, old old things that are nostalgic. This song is nostalgia. The, the sound of it is nostalgia. Now, probably nostalgia mm-hmm. for a specific generation, you know, like people who are currently 30 through 45. <laughs> but it's mm-hmm. still that nostalgia. Um, and the lyrics. Man, these lyrics. They, um... So this album, actually, now that I'm sitting here talking about it, I'm sitting here talking about it. These lyrics have a very straightforward progression of thinking on the past to moving towards the future. And we're going to talk about it as we keep moving forward. Um, but this song is the, the place, like you said, we all get stuck, stuck there, right? Yeah. Um, I think about my life passing by and I can't do a thing to stop time from moving. So I'm looking for a time machine. That takes me there again. And we've all been there. We've all wanted a time machine. We've all wanted to go fix things. And it's just, it's something so relatable and so simple. And it's, um, it can almost become debilitating sometimes when you get so stuck in the past, you forget to live in the present. Yep. And, uh, I think there is a kind of hint of that in the song, and some of the other songs spell that out a bit more as we move forward. But it, man. it reminds me lyrically of um, um, "Memory Lane" by Dana Lamas. Same thing. Go down. Yeah. If you go down, yeah. you, you'll get stuck there. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> so yeah, such a good song. Mm-hmm. I am. Um, I think it's my favorite. It's this is the song. I wasn't sold on the first two songs. Like I was listening to this, mm-hmm. I'm like, eh, the first two songs aren't bad. But then this song, I'm like, okay. Okay, I, I feel where we're at now. Okay. So, yeah. It's a great song. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Trucker's Son. And like you said in the last song, let's just stop for a minute and appreciate how good Jason's vocals have matured. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at where he was singing on Silver, to what his voice mm-hmm. like by this album... It has gotten leaps and bounds better. And don't remember, that's that's twenty years worth of singing. Like you just you get better the more you do it, you know? Uh, not even from a note from Silver Mount Zion, but continue. <laughs> um, so those vocals have gotten so good, so mature. And now that his voice has dropped that extra octave as he's gotten older, you know, maybe smoking has something to do with that. Um it 
it lends a wisdom to his lyrics. And I know that may sound weird, but I he has transitioned from like kind of a whiny like twenty something to like a dad now, you know, like yeah. someone you're taking advice from. Yeah. And um there's just there's a the vocals really sell that for me. Um the simple acoustic really drives the lyrics about bemoaning um where your place in life, which this is not the first time he's talked about how much it sucks to be a blue collar worker that's just gonna no. be driving the wheel for the rest of his life. You know, that's that's a very common thing. But this is the most mature version of the that lyrical theme. Um and I really love um, and you might wake up someplace far away, a place where you're still young. Oh, wait, this is a dream. And it's like, yeah. wake up. This you got to stop living in the past. And it links so perfectly to the last song. Time to wake up. Time to grow up. Get over yourself. You were born a trucker's son. Accept it. Yeah. And uh, I think there's a lot of wisdom there and you know, there there's definitely a there is virtue in enjoying innocence and youth, but there also has to come a point when you have to choose to grow up. So yeah, I love this song. It's really great. It's a sad song. Um, this is my eighth favorite song um, on this album. Um, three stars. Um, hey. <laughs> no mystery in the title what the song's about um i call this a blue collar lamentation because i don't think that it's a, a wisdom for me i felt I, I took it as more as a resignation um like the the um course hesitate all those laws should not count the cost of being born not number one i was born a trucker son and i wonder if he's talking about like with ronnie because obviously uh, ronnie's the oldest number one and because of him being born, maybe he got to move out or make better decisions. And it seems like that since he wasn't born, the firstborn, he was stuck with this running his father's business when it was his passing. He had to take over the family business of you know, running a truck company. And so I don't, I, I see it as more of a resignation. Like this is my lot in life. Not like I'm virtuous. So I'm growing up and I'm wise now, which is fine. I mean, because I mean, not everybody gets, you know, to get to choose to live the life they want. Sometimes you do have to look at, count the costs where you are in life and resign yourself to your fate. You're born a trucker's son and now you have to do this. You tried the music thing. I don't know if he's trying to be famous or not, but clearly that didn't happen. So now this is what he has to do. Um, but yeah, um, this song's a nice change of pace. Um, I love the stripped down country flyer 59 um, sound we're giving the song. Um, it's, I, I love that it continues up tempo um, um, from the previous song, um, and the, you know, of course, stellar. The guitar work by Jason at the two minute nineteen um, point to two minutes thirty three seconds is exquisite. Um, yeah. Also, I like the um, the line with Jason dreams. What if he had a different family name? Like, what if he was born into like a richer family or something, or a family that had more options or something? Maybe that's what he's thinking about. Because maybe he doesn't want to do this truck, you know, take out the family business. You know. Yeah. Super super depressing song. Um, that's all I gotta say about it though. <laughs> Which leads us into an even more depressing song. <laughs> go, Sam. Where do you want me to go? Um. Go ahead, but I personally don't see it as depressing but i i get where you're going from chucker son yeah i just yeah. both of them like yeah. i don't know i just um i think there is sometimes it's okay to be to be like you know what this is life i am content <laughs> so whatsoever state i am you know <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, sometimes, you know, it is what it is. Like, okay, like you have a death of a child. It's not great, but you have to resign yourself to, you know what, this is my life without my kid. So, you know, I'm going to have to grieve. You know, I'm going to have to grieve. This is what it is. It's not that you're torn up about it and then it's like an awful thing, but it's still at the same time an awful thing because it's not what you want. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. All right. Anyway. Well, tell me about the morning rise slash frightening eyes. Um, this song sounds like an old west shootout. 
uh, you know, it's kind of like a bat. It's like it's the song's about like a battle between getting through everyday life and wanting. aged us and the longing for you know easier youthful times like he says you know in the lyrics and again um oh i'm sorry it's my third favorite song on the album um four and a half stars um and again i i think it's you know like even he talks about i remember when we first kissed stayed up until the morning rise just can't go any further i feel like i'm going to die you know, again, that longing back um, that pervades on this album, you know, obviously, I'm assuming he's talking about his wife, you know, and how they don't get to do that anymore. And, like, you know, and we've all felt that. Like, I mean, sure, you have, Sam, like, we've all worked a job that slowly killed us, you know, and it's just like, it just feels like, man, I got to get out of this some type of way. And that's why I feel like the the the, the vibe of Trucker's son um, was more as a resignation because if you if it was something that you're like really con- content or happy about you wouldn't feel like you're going to die in it and that which is fine i mean because you know you got to take care of your family and i'm sure he's has solace and i'm not saying it's like all gloom, gloom and doom but in the, the day you know sometimes you know you work a job and it's like ah, i would rather not do that you know so that's all i gotta say about this what do you think sam um this song sounds so simple, but so mm-hmm. epic. Yeah. Simple and epic at the same time. Um, sonically, it reminds me a lot of "Leave Here a Stranger." Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, this could have been this could have been on "Leave Here a Stranger." Quite honestly, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, if you went to close it instead of your company, I guess you're right. But other than that, no. Oh no. <laughs> I had to. I'm sorry. <laughs> your company is perfect. Uh, to me, the song is a straight up prayer to God. Yep. Uh, it's just it's it's very David lamenting. Like you read a lot of the Psalms and a lot of them about my life sucks right now. I'm getting ready to die. Please help me, God. Um, not exactly stuff you'd sing on Sunday morning, but it's definitely in there. It should though. Yeah. And honestly, I don't care who you are. You've had that day that week, that month, that year, when you're not sure you'll live to see the morning. Like, you're just, everything is bad right now. Everything is crap. And I think, I don't know, man. I keep coming back to to me, and this might be just because of how I view the whole entire album. This feels like wisdom to me. This feels like Someone saying, you know, we all have those bad days, and it's okay that you have those bad days. I, I'm sharing my experience with you. Because um, what is wisdom but just lived experience? I don't – and again, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. So, you know, on those days when you're not sure you're going to live to see the morning, it's just you feel like you are at your bottom, 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 because we've all been there. Mm-hmm. You just cry. Um, you know, for me, that's crying to God. For yeah. others, that's just crying to their friend, crying to their family, crying to the void, you know? But this is what you got to do to get through the night sometimes. Yeah. And I, I don't, yeah, I, and like Jason said in a pre, an interview before, like, you know, his lips are pretty much straight forth. And I don't think that he's offering wisdom. Like, in the, the, the chorus, tossing and turning to sleep, I can't feel my heartbeat, O maker of earth and seas, pray relief. I don't think he's talking about dying. I think it's, he's dealing with some depression or anxiety. And I remember, like, before I got died, diagnosed with depression, panic attack, I didn't even know I had it back in, was that 2009 or whatever? Yeah, 2009. I, when I hear these, it says exactly, it, and and like the the dread of the morning, because for some when I woke up, I was just wake up in these panics, like you know, just heart pounding, can't breathe, and it's just like, and you knew when you woke up, that's what it was going to be. So like sleeping at night was a terror, you know. And I don't think Jason's offering wisdom. I think he's just sharing experience, you know. But I mean, again, it could just be a song too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I had a song for the ages. This might be my second favorite song on the album. Um, mm-hmm. Sonically, like a lot of this album, I think this is where some of that dance influence you're talking about. This song reminds me yeah. of Die Hard. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, it's very dancey, like Dial M. But replace mm-hmm. the synths in Dial M with just piano and organ. Mm-hmm. One, that's one thing I do like about the instrumentation on this album. We got, you know, some very synth-heavy albums with Dial M and... Talking voice versus singing voice. Talking voice versus singing voice, yeah. So it's nice to kind of go back to just pure acoustic instruments on this album. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's obviously amplification and stuff, but... And I think it's kind of cool um, talking about this being kind of a sister album to Leave Here a Stranger. Years after his death, you still can hear the influence of Gene Eugene on on this song. Like, that organ in particular reminds me of, like... Um, Americana, where everybody makes mistakes. It reminds me a lot. Back to focus, like that organ on like um, some of those songs, like too much fun. Like the yeah, he Gene Gene could make he could turn the organ into a dance instrument, <laughs> which is crazy because usually that uh, he could make it dance. Yeah, you're yeah, exactly right. <laughs> and this song is kind of what my island was all about. For anyone who ever feels they're past their prime, not sure if you're still relevant or not, this song is for you. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we've... Dude, I'm only 31, and I feel like I'm past my prime. <laughs> you know? Like, I, I'm reminded... I don't know if you've ever seen the musical Little Abner. No. There's this, like, 17-year-old girl. She's, like, 16 or 17. And she's like, she's not married yet. She's like, I'm past my prime. <laughs> I'm old maid now. And I'm like, I think we all feel that way sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, this song just speaks to that very nicely. And it has that really great lyric that I opened with that I think is just, it's, it's probably the most poetic we've ever heard Jason get. I don't know about that. He's, he's poetic a lot. But, yeah, this is pretty good. You stole it from me. <laughs> so what's your thoughts um this is my fourth favorite song so the second for you i think we're agreeing on this album pretty good um so yeah number four for me four stars um that opening with those drums the guitar jason's guitar um at the beginning is amazing with the bass and the keyboards it transports you to a, a sonic place in nirvana this is an amazing intro um this sounds like it could have been a Brothers Martin song to me. This song's a bop. Um, I dance with my sons to this all the time. It's like one of the few Starfire songs they like. <laughs> the bass line is, I mean, the bass line is infectious. I mean, it's, it's such a fun song. Like, this is like, yeah, another dance and song. I mean, it really, I mean, it really is. The keyboard lines are equally hip- hypnotic. It's kind of like, like I've mentioned before, like, Jason has these hypnotic songs that you just don't really listen it just like sucks you in you're not really i don't know you're just in an altered state kind of and you just go kind of like go with the vibe of the song like i drive a lot um er, um no new kind of story songs like that this is one of those and um and i love the line besides besides the line that i mean we used at the beginning um this line um come here i've got something to say if you've heard it already you got you can go out and play <laughs> He's talking to his kids, and 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 I know Jason said this. I'm like a hundred percent. I didn't mean he said this because I said this to my kids too. Like, okay, look, I got to tell you something because you know, as a dad, you you're trying to instill lessons in your kids, and so you say the same things over and over again because you know you want to get the message in. And I've said this to my kids. Like, hold on, you know, stop me if you've heard if I've said this before, or you know, you know, you know, go back to your switch if I said this before or whatever. And so, um, yeah, that that line cracks me up, And, and like. I was I a dad? Yeah, I was a dad. When he was like 2010, yeah, he was like four. So I, I don't know if I would have said that to him at that point. But um, but now when I hear it now as having two really old kids, um, yeah, <laughs> that line trips, trips me out every time I hear it. Um, and of course the uh, <laughs> the line it doesn't matter what my age is, Lord, and my dust from the up from the swept up floor. <laughs> it gets in my head like it's such a catchy line too with the music. Um, and yet another song about aging and dying. Um, and then the line had a song for the ages forgotten by the pages. It's like, and I think, you know, like you're talking about, and we talked about before regret, you know, and I'm sure Jason knows that he's written some good songs and, but he's forgotten in the pages, the, the Mac, music magazine pages, you know, internet, 
um, whatever, you know, wherever things are written about music, you know, he, no one knows about it. And, you know, this is, you know, you know, just such a great song, just a great pop song. Um, and that's all I gotta say about this. Great song. Great way to start the second well, side of the pop. Look at Coconut yeah. Trees. Oh, God. Strap in, Sam. This is my second favorite Jason Kent song of all time. Bon Voyage, Starfly, uh, Dead, Neon Horse, all of it. This is his second best song. Five stars. Can't do any better than this. I have, you know, there's only one flaw, I was saying this, that you know, I will share. Um, but before I do, let's sing the praises. So Jason wrote the absolutely most perfect Beach Boys song that the Beach Boys didn't get the right. <laughs> I call this Island Flyer 59 music or Beach Beach Flyer 59. Um, Beach Flyer 59 and Islands of the Beach Boys. Um, the first 20 seconds of this song confirms that this song's just amazing. Like any songwriter would killed to have written this song. And I bet you any friends of Jason are jealous of this song. <laughs> This song sways, it grooves the soul. I mean, this is this. Um, that Luau guitar is incredible. You know, it's. Okay, I'm trying to cry here. The at the end of the song, those guitar breakdowns towards the end of with that twanky Luau guitar that goes, it's just there's like there's this band called Cigarettes. You've ever heard of them? Icelandic band, and they have some of the most beautiful music. Like I just when I listen to it, I just cried it just because it's just beautiful. Not that I'm sad. It's just like it sounds like I'm here in heaven. And like the last like minute or so, of the song it's just it's just so beautiful. It just hits me. Yeah. And continue with the, you know, the lyrics. Lost, grief, death, unrealized expectations. Starfire bingo, lyrically. Um, and that line, I didn't know you had troubles on your mind. You know. A lot of times in life, like, especially when you're married, like, you have, you know, you have disagreements, you have hard times, and usually, the, you know, financial, you know, whatever problems in there. And you get so distracted or so wrapped up in your, you know, you're dealing, especially as a man, you know, like you're trying to deal with the finances, making a household run, you, that you forget about your, your partner's feelings. And, you know, you, you both have troubles on your mind, but a lot of the time you get lost in them. Yeah. Hell yeah. Best song in this album, obviously. So it's my favorite. What do you got to say, Sam? So, um, I don't know if I feel that strongly about it, honestly. Um, so th- I definitely said this is more yacht rock. Um, this is a Beach Boy song. Um, like, especially Kokomo Air Beach Boys. This is one of those songs. Uh, minus the synthesizers. Um, also, oddly, I hear some like DA influence. Like the way mm-hmm. you sing some of these lines, I keep hearing Terry Taylor singing them. Me too. So th- there's definitely some DA in this song. Um, so it's a good song. I don't know that I love the bongos in the beginning. <laughs> um. But maybe they'll grow on me. Maybe I have to hit it, the song on the right day. Like, I'm at a... I'm at a little stretch in my life right now where things are mostly going good, right? Um, and I think that affects how this album sounds to me. Um, but I do appreciate the lyrics of, you know, don't we all have days we wish we could escape to a beach to avoid all the troubles of life? Like, for some people, it's a beach. For me, it's the library. Just You want to go somewhere and just get away from everything. I remember back when I was first married one day, me and my wife, like, we just went to a hotel in town. Like, in the town we lived in, we just went to a hotel just to get out of the house and just, like, feel like we were getting away for a second. Um, and the, thing, 
the darkness in this song though, like the line, you know, if I, you know, I'd be selling the seeds, cooking the trees. He's not talking about a bad day. He's talking about a life. He wants to change his life. You know. I mean, I guess I can see that. I. I don't know. Maybe it's just where I am in life at the moment. I'm not quite reading it the same way you are, you know? I'm at a great point in my life, too. (laughs) It just seems obvious to me. I don't know. (laughs) But, you know, and that's why art, that's why, and see, this is why we have a Starfire podcast and not an Imagine Dragons one, because it's real art. People are going to get different interpretations. That's why you have such vastly different opinions about this album. You know, because it's art. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about Crimea River. Um, for me, this is some straight just, six. Pop. I just did. <laughs> Go ahead. What is the second time Aaron has ever cried in this podcast? Third, I think. <laughs> yeah, three. Yeah, gold. I think I, it was a gold album. Um, lies by Bon Voyage, and now now this. Um, so number eight on here, Cry Me River. This is a straight up '60s pop out song. Like mm-hmm. the structure of it feels like um, early Beatles or early Beach Boys mixed with like an '80s post punk new wave sound. Like this is probably the punkiest he gets. Um, and then we get a reference to song for the ages. Like we get a reference to song when he says, "Got a message for the ages." Yeah, missing on some pages at home. Yeah. <laughs> um. Really, this is just we. There's always at least one kind of left turn song, and it's usually near the middle or end of the album, like mm-hmm. on. Probably makes mistakes. It was dethroned kings. <laughs> <laughs> on on fashion focus, it was too much fun. Yeah. <laughs> on this one, it's Cry Me a River. Mm. And this is such a punk song, and I really love it for its punkiness. Like just the, I I, I love punk, post punk. Just me too. Punk's music, amazing. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah. It's a, this song, it's super simple. I don't have as much to say about it, but I feel like it avoids that no man's land slump that a lot of albums get stuck in. This song is a dirty ditty, like you said, Sam, very punk rock. Um, this is a heart driving song about, um, you you know, somebody not being able to handle their own problems and you being annoyed with their inability. Um, that's what I feel in this song, and I totally agree with that. Um, and like you mentioned, it's a nice callback to, you know, um, um, I had a song for the ages. Um, you know, it just sounds like there's this, you know, you know, frustrations of, you know, driving for a living, fresh, um, meets, you know, just everyday marital stress, you know, frustrations. Um nothing too crazy and going on in the song. Um it's my you know, like I said, it's my, I, I don't know if I mentioned it's my sixth favorite song, three stars overall. Um yeah, that's about all I gotta say about that. Nothing too crazy in the song going on. Alright. Um so tell me about Kick the Can. All right. Um, this isn't sounds like a it could be it's like a spaghetti western <laughs> opening, which there's been a couple, but this really sounds like it could literally be in a spaghetti western movie, even back in the fifties or so. Um, it continues with the same musical themes of this album, you know, you know, country flyer fifty nine. Um, there's no really revelatory new um, directions here. Um, the breakdown at 157 sounds like it could be the soundtrack during a, a movie or a TV show where there's a duel, uh, a duel in a movie, a la Western. Um, there's a line where it says Sterling says, um, that's a reference to the 86th episode of the Twilight Zone. And that episode is called, guess what, Sam? 
kick the can. Yep. <laughs> and in that episode, the course Sterling, the character in the show, says that. So, um, so he's borrowed from Shane the movie slash book, and then he's borrowing from an episode of The Twilight Zone. Um, to me, the lyric is um, about the narrator, presumably Jason, wanting to ease the suffering of some one of his loved ones um, um, to help lessen their eventual to their to to lessen their suffering and eventual death. Um, so you know that's kick the can. You know you just because when we try to comfort people and prevent death or whatever, prevent pain, we're just kicking the can because death's coming for all of us. And and then that line, so that that not they want to he wants to you know um, soothe the person so that there's nothing scary, which is really um, a pipe dream because death is very scary. But I mean, we can try. Um, this is a three star song, my tenth favorite, which means my least favorite song overall. Um, that burp, burp, burp sound at the end of the courses, I don't know what that is. But it sounds amazing. <laughs> That's all I got to say about this. What you got, Sam? I don't have a whole lot to say about this. Um, I love the acoustic guitar in this. I know I keep saying it throughout this album. This album is a very good acoustic guitar album. Um, great bass line. Um, really good to hear Stephen Dale shine on this. The organ, once again, um, I'm loving the organ on this album. It's giving me big Gene Eugene vibes. Lyrically, I think the song's about the futility of trying to avoid your problems. Because, you know, kick the can, it's a children's game. And what he's saying, at least to me, is, you know, I can be here for you, but I can't help you avoid your problems because avoiding your problems will get you nowhere. We can't just go out and play kick the can and act like life isn't happening outside our door. Um, so that's that's kind of what I take away from it. Fair enough. All right. Um, you want to lose your mind first, or you want me to go, Sam? Um, I have some words for this last one, so go ahead okay. and get thoughts first. I will, and and I want to, I want to say too, it kicked the can, like you said with the previous song. It's it's although this musical um, themes, it's still it's enough different where it avoids that no man's land, where it still sounds like something. It's still something different. It's not the, you know, whatever, but. So the last song is my seventh favorite song overall. It's three stars. Um, I love the drums in this song. Um, it sounds like this sounds like Depeche Mode meets Dylan, and they made a baby, and that's became this song. Um, the keyboards throughout the song are amazing. They're the highlight of the song. Um, the anxiety of the song is perfectly represented by the keys. It's amazing because um, obviously you know the song's about you know, stress of life, maybe feel like you're going insane or like get your wits in at some situation. Um, the keyboard swell in the middle of the song sounds very Richard Swift-esque. It's brilliant. Love it. Um, but yeah, this song feels like a death song to me. Regretting being a loner, questioning one's sanity. Thematically, a great closer to this album. Um, I don't know. I'm glad this is the closer because I don't know where else this would fit on this album. So if this is a sister companion to Leave Here Stranger, you know the closer on this one. <laughs> what do you think, Sam? Um, okay, for me, the music doesn't scream closer. It, it kind of sounds like it's in the same boat as a lot of the other music on the album, which I'll get to that in my final rating. But with that said, the lyrics are a perfect ending to this album. And really, I'm going to go a step further. You know my obsession with trilogies. Yeah. I've had it since we – this is the perfect closer to the – what I'm calling the death of the Rockstar trilogy. Mm -hmm. So My Island, Dial M, and, and Changing of Guard is a perfect trilogy. Um, we spent two albums dealing with the realization that – You'll never be a rock star. You'll never be famous. Give up the dream. It's dead. And now the icing on the cake is realizing if you try to work in isolation, you're never going to make it. Um, you'll go crazy. You'll lose your mind if you try to just work in isolation. So 
not only do you have to give up your big dreams, but you have to give up the idea that you can just be, go it alone. Yeah. Um, ultimately, you need God and you need other people um, if you're going to make this life work. And I think that's a perfect closer to where we, we started out on my island, you know, singing about how I want to be a big rock star and I know it's not working. Well, you know, if you're just trying to do it all alone, life's not going to work anyways. Yeah. And I think and I, so and... weirdly... Sorry, go ahead. No, good. I'm sorry, good. Lyrically, this is just such a perfect closer to that whole this whole entire three album run, but this album especially, it works so well. And and uh, I'm glad you said that because I I think that's Starfire album titles rarely make sense. Like Americana, why is that called Americana? Why is you know Dylan called Dylan? I mean, nobody got murdered. His dad died. You know, so it's like, but this is like the one so far that makes sense because to me thematically like you were saying in addition to what you said i agree with all that but also i think this is his reckoning i mean he'll talk about his dad somewhere but i think this is his reckoning realizing that all that youth whatever hope he had whatever thoughts he had before his dad's passing that is no longer an option he is now a trucker's son who's running a business who has these other responsibilities that he's going to have to take on fully and that's the change in the guard the changing of the guard is his mindset i'm done with this i realize like you said i'm not trying to, i'm not going to be a rock star this is my lot in life my mind has changed this is the change of the guard my dad is gone he can't help me anymore he used to be there he's not there he's not coming back and and so that title really in like and we, I mean, thematically, listen to the lyrics. I mean, that's what he's saying. And so, finally, a Starfire album Tyler makes sense, <laughs> and, and you know, to what the music and lyrics are actually going on. And so, yeah. And um, it's worth noting, music-wise, I do like that keyboard solo around two minutes. Yeah. Um, really great keyboard solo to kind of wrap things out. Did uh, you want? Did you want to review the bonus tracks? I don't know if you got to listen to them. I did. I apologize. It's okay. If you uh, want, if you want, I can do a quick review of that. I'll just type it up and just post it somewhere. But that's fine. Yeah. Because then I for this album. Um, I think this album, if my dad ever dies, you know, inevitably it's going to happen. But yeah. um, this album will probably hit me really hard then. <laughs> Um, it's probably what happened to me because like I said my dad died in 2012 after this came out and like when I revisited after later that's when I started so I, I don't know if consciously I was thinking of that or because that happened but but yeah probably you're right um, but really this is such a great album it caught me completely <laughs> off guard um, and I know you keep saying this album is all about misery I still keep saying this album I think the theme of this album is maturity this is the maturing of, I'm not going to be a rock star. Like you said, the coming to terms with life. My dad's dead. I got to take over this business. I got to move on with life now. To me, that's maturity. I don't think it's about misery. I'm just saying that misery happens, and it's what you're going to do about it. Like you said, you can get earlier. You can get lost in it, or you can say this is what it is, changing of the guard of your mind. Okay, this is what I want. This is what it is. This is a lot. Like, you know, I lost my dad. I'm in pain. I got to take over this job that I don't really technically want. But, you know, I can either dread that and run away from it or I can accept it. And I think that's, that's the change in the guard in him is like, this is life now. This is what I'm accepting. You can call it maturity, you know, and I get that. Yeah, that is a mature thing to do. But I just think it's just an accepting of what life is. You I know? think. Really, it's funny because this is such like a uh, chill album. This mm -hmm. album is the anti Hakuna Matata. Yeah, I agree. It is. No, it is. I don't think it's anti Hakuna Matata. I think this is a, this song is just the real, just real. You know, I'm well, thinking no, it's like it's trying to be. Here's uh, what I mean. Mm. 
So, Lion King, one of my all-time favorite movies. The Who doesn't movie. love that movie? If you don't love that movie, you know, bless your heart. <laughs> it's, it's such a perfect coming-of-age story, but he spends so many years avoiding responsibility, avoiding his mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And the wise Rafiki shows up and says, hey, you got to deal with your past. It hurts, but you got to learn from it. Yeah. And um, that's why I feel like this album is, it's a reckoning. It's Rafiki coming in and hitting you. There, there, there you go. It's, a, it's not the anti-Akuna Makatana song. It's, it's the reckoning album. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and I, I really like it also. This album, lyrically, um, Jason has always been a, always saying about being an old soul. But mm. now I feel like I, I buy it. I now truly believe he's an old soul. Like, I mm-hmm. I feel like he finally has the years and wisdom to back it up. And yeah, it just it finally clicks. So I can't wait for the next trilogy um of I am a CEO slow and young in my head. We're going to see how that works as a trilogy, but this mm-hmm. perfect closer. Um music I give two and a half. I think the yacht rock is a lot of fun. It's different and it might grow on me over time. This is going to be the first time I've ever given lyrics higher than music. Lyrics, I give a three. As you should. The lyrics are amazing in this album. Like, they are some of Jason's strongest lyrics up to this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, they they are his strongest up to this point. It's not even debatable. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, I give this a two and a half. Um, time will tell. I'm... I may eventually start coming back to this album like I do Leave Here a Stranger. Like, Leave Here a Stranger is one of my top ten favorite albums. I can just flip it on any time and just bask in it. This one, mm-hmm. I'm not there yet, but I may get there eventually. So I still give this album a very high 8 out of 9. It's wow. genius. It is Whoa. Closer. Whoa. All right. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned the Leave Here a Stranger because – this is, I'm just going to say, of all the Starfire, overall, this is my fifth favorite Starfire album. The only ones above that, Americana, Leave Here, Stranger, Fashion Focus, Everybody Makes Mistakes, Change of the Guard. That's my top five. Um, not in that order, but Change of the Guard is definitely five. And although, like, Leave Here, Stranger and Americana, those are way better, those albums are, like, seared scallops for me that's like my favorite food on earth like the the diver scallops seared salt pepper butter perfect it's the best thing on earth i can't have that every day though this is changing the guard is like that you know uh, like macaroni and cheese or like a nice cold glass of water like something you can have and you reach for every day you know type of thing um because i find myself this and the changing the the, the ghost of the past or the future whatever the vinyl box set is these are the two albums I listen to the most, you know, on repeat because they're easily accessible. They're digestible very easy. Leave Her a Stranger and Fashion Focus and Everybody's Mistakes, those are great. But there's, to me, those are like high, heavy art types of things to me. And yeah, and I find myself reaching for this a lot. And um, I'm going to push back one last time on the Yacht Rock because I know there's surf elements and stuff, but the, the guitars, like you keep mentioning acoustic work. You, on those yacht rock like Huey Lewis and the News and all those other yacht rock bands, they don't have the guitar work that Jason does. It's not cheesy. I hear the similarities to some of the, the themes, but it's not. It's inventive. And well, the, I don't think the, yacht rock has to be cheesy. That's the thing. Like this is the best version of yacht rock. Okay. All right. Okay. So I will give music sorry. Um, overall lyrics and like you said, you know that I mean, I mean if you compare his lyrics to, on Americana, it's bad, um, old talking voice for singing voice. There's and there's moments you know like eat um a good living. You know there's moments where he you know he's poetic, he hits it, you know whatever. But he doesn't have an album where all the lyrics do that. Every song they're clear, they're not cryptic. You can, it's kind of like country music. Like when you, when you look at, if you, um, read country music lyrics, like there, you don't really have to think much to understand what's going on in a song. 
and this is the first time Jason. Not I'm not saying it's simple. I'm just saying that he he wrote like you know you know I had a song for the ages, forgot by the pages. You know you know that that's catchy and everything. But there's there's still some meat to that. You can process that, and there's some some art in there. But it's not you know, put your pockets in the drawers. You know, <laughs> and so you're absolutely right. These are his best lyrics. And I I mean I have to think about, but probably his best lyrics overall ever on an album so yeah i give the lyrics three as well with you have to the music's three super accessible and over time it's going to hold up over time again i give this a nine out of nine it's a perfect album from this point on at five and up leave here stranger all you you know um americana those are not perfect albums nines you know nine 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 i say did you give americana and leave here stranger nines I'm pretty sure, I know I did Leave Here Stranger. I'm not sure about Americana. I think I might have gave it an eight, but like with you, things change. And I think, yeah, it's definitely a nine now. <laughs> well, I, back, but I'm pretty sure I gave Leave Here Stranger a nine. <laughs> right. Oh, no, no, I might have gave it eight because of your company. You're right. You're right. <laughs> it is. It's not on that album. It's like, if, could you, okay, what if, okay, it, what if Jason had put like, uh, I don't know, WS2005 on this album. You know what I mean? That kind of would take it down a little bit, right? I don't know. From the I Win EP? For both <laughs> the other album, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> All right. But anyway, but yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening to us. We really do appreciate it. Um, Let us know how I was right and Sam was wrong. We appreciate it. And if you don't like this album, I, I, I just ask you, let's give, give it one more spin. Do one more thing. <laughs> Listen to it after one of your parents die. <laughs> and then apparently that's... <laughs> no. <laughs> give it a week or two, though. We don't want any trouble. We Give it a week or two before you do that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. And my name is Aaron. Thank you for listening. Bye, guys. And as always, this has been a Brothers King Media production.